Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Today on Brand Story, Inc., we welcome Vasilina Belchanova, a digital marketing strategist, trainer, and speaker. I'm going to go by Vassi today, if that's okay with you, since uh, my pronunciation probably not the best. Uh, she has nearly 15 years of experience in marketing strategy, content marketing, funnel building, and CRO for e-commerce and SaaS businesses. Her expertise lies in the B2C field, and I recently discovered her content marketing blueprint, which past guest Andy Crestadina had promoted on social media. And so whether you're a newbie in the content marketing game or as regarded as highly as some of our past guests, who run brand content studios for the likes of Wall Street Journal, Turner Sports, and Capital One, I think you'll find today's podcast very helpful. We've just started to implement Vassi's content marketing blueprint at our company, Teamworks Media, and we're in the business of helping our clients do this. So I invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, the content marketing blueprint is linked on our content hub at teamworksmedia.com, or you can go directly to Vassi's site, which is V-A-L-C-H-A-N-O-V-A.me. Vaselina, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. And as I just mentioned in the intro, I recently saw you post a blog about your content marketing blueprint that, that really impressed me. Explain what it is and, and why content marketers need one. So the content marketing blueprint is a, a one-page document that shows concisely and clearly what you're doing with content and why. So it's basically the short version of your content marketing strategy that you can use uh, throughout your team to kind of get people reminded of what you do with content. You have one big caveat that I saw on your blog post about what the content marketing is not. What is it, what is it not? Yes, so uh, this has come up again and again when I'm working on this document with clients of mine. Um, what they imagine is that, that they're going to uh, jump into the tool and just their content marketing strategy is sort of going to magically appear on the <laughs> blank page or the blank Google sheet, if that's your thing. Uh, and I always like to say that this isn't a substitute for actually developing the content marketing strategy. It's a way to uh, represent it in a short format. So you will still need to uh, do all the heavy lifting behind it. You still need to do your audience research, uh, your topic research, understand what keywords uh, your audience uses or what phrases they use to describe their pain points or uh, what channels they would use and so on and so forth. So this is something that we definitely need to mention at the start. Well, this is one of the more practical podcasts that I've done. So I'm ready to go deep with you. And you have a five-step process, which really simplifies this. And to your point, it's a one page. And so let's dig in. Let, let's start. What's step one? So the way the, the content marketing blueprint is structured is to go from top level big picture elements down to the, the details and the specific tactics that you'll be using. So the place we need to start is by defining the content mission statement. And how do you do that? 
what advice do you have on making sure that we do that correctly? So um, actually, uh, I also want to give a shout out to Andy Crestadina here. I've been a, a long time fan of his work in Orbit Media Studios. And mm -hmm. I think that uh, in a blog post on Orbit Media site, there's the, the most concise definition of a content mission. So it's our content is where audience X gets information Y that offers benefit Z. So this is um, a one sentence um, sort of statement that represents uh, three important things. The first one is uh, who you aim to help with your content. So what your audience is, what's the, uh, the target audience of everything you create when it comes to content, be it blog posts or a podcast or uh, just your uh, social media micro content. The second element is what you produce. So what type of information you will be giving people. And basically the most important of the three elements would be why, why anyone should care. What is the benefit that this content is going to provide to that specific audience? And, and you have, um, you've put this into practice for yourself. So either I have it in front of me or if you'd like to share it, I'd love to hear what that sounds like for you, your content mission statement. Uh, yes, so my content mission statement says um, Vasilena Volchanova provides marketers, founders, and business owners, so that's my who, that's the audience that I'm targeting, with actionable advice, practical tools, and a healthy dose of inspiration, so that's the type of information that I would provide them with, uh, that helps them become better digital professionals and enable company growth. And that last bit is my uh, perceived benefit, the perceived benefit of the content I create. And as you'll see, if you're listening to this, when you go to the links on our content hub or on Volchanova.me, uh, which I'll link to as well, you'll see this is right at the top of the actual blueprint, right? It's kind of to, to Vasi's point, starting big picture, it's kind of a, a daily reminder in front of you of what that mission statement is. And I love how you just put that into practice. Um, so now that you made that seem easy, which is for a lot of people, th this is a hard part. You spend a lot of time on, to your point, crafting what that mission statement is, especially around the differentiation, right? There are a lot of people that are doing it. So how the how and the why become kind of as much art as science um, in terms of the differentiation. But, but once you have this, this mission statement, um, we move on to, to step two. And what's step two in your content marketing blueprint? Yes, so as you said, obviously the, the reason the mission statement is there is to serve as a daily reminder of what you're trying to do. And I would even go as far as to say that it represents your bigger purpose as, as an online publisher, which we all nowadays are. Um, so this is the first of the two very important reminders that the content blueprint contains. So one is the mission statement and then the next one is your general strategy. So this bit of the blueprint includes information about what your editorial goals are and how to measure them. So this section is uh, split into three separate parts. Um, one describes the actual editorial goal. And the most important bit here is to actually align your content marketing with your business goals. 
what I so often see is that people just start creating content for the purposes of gaining likes or expanding their reach on Twitter or whatever it might be without um, stopping to think about, okay, like if we reach that milestone, if we say, let's say tomorrow you wake up with 12,000 more followers on Twitter, what's the impact of that? What's the actual tangible business impact of that? And how is this content helping you achieve more? So I think the first step here is to really define what are the the business goals behind uh, the content that, or behind rather the, the overall organization that you're a part of and how content marketing can contribute to these business goals. So this in the end will sort of give birth to your editorial goals almost. And yes, I what I like to do is that... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, Bassi. Uh, so what I like to do at this step is to not just mention a term that supposedly every content marketer out there would be familiar with, like engagement or awareness building or whatever, but to really uh, dive a bit deeper and explain what this looks like. And this is actually like against each editorial goal, you will write down what it looks like. So the reason I like to do this is that what I've seen is that when we talk about marketing goals, we would often use a lot of marketing jargon. Mm -hmm. And this is running the risk of uh, either people on the team who are not familiar with marketing jargon, not understanding what you're trying to do with the content marketing strategy of the company, or on the other hand, just getting a person on the team who has a, a slightly different understanding of what engagement is and what that looks like compared to you. So superficially, you will both be talking about engagement, but you won't actually be on the same page. So for example, when we're talking about engagement, uh, the statement that can stand opposite of that is, let's say something along the lines of, um, we will see that people are finding our content useful and are showing interest in the expert who wrote about it. Mm -hmm. And then you will go a step further and explain how you actually measure that. Yeah. And I think what I really like, in, this is a, obviously an audio podcast, so you can't see what we're talking about. But again, going back to the reason I, I wanted to have you on is the simplicity of this one pager, right? It's, it's really, think of it more like an Excel spreadsheet, right? With a and very detail orientation, but under what Vasi just went through, right, general, the step two here, aligning your content marketing with your business goals, you can imagine on the left column, um, a column that says editorial goal, right, awareness building or engagement or lead generation or lead nurturing. And then just the example she gave you, what it looks like, right, and in real words that everyone can relate to. She used, the engage, she used engagement to defined as seeing people are finding our content useful and showing interest in the expert and then the metrics to follow. And I think this is um, really interesting here, and we're gonna get into this in terms of goal setting, but crystal clear on understanding, not just putting metrics there, but understanding how the metrics relate back to the actual business goals. And, and I think that's a part that a lot of people 
lose sight of to the example that you, you just gave. So, you know, I think uh, to that end, any insights that you have on, as we stay on, on finalized step two here, setting goal setting and key performance indicators and indicators and metrics. What, what advice do you have for people at this stage on this part of the plan? So um, to, to explain my question, uh, my answer before I even give it, I'll, I'll tell you a bit of a story. There's this um, scientific uh, experiment where you would have two people sitting opposite of each other. And one person, uh, like you would uh, whisper uh, a popular tune in their ear, let's say happy birthday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would have to uh, tap on the table in the rhythm of, of the melody that they, you've now set in their brain. And they would have to just tap on the table and would have to see if the person sitting opposite actually recognizes what the tune is. So the results of this experiment are obviously dismal, but what's more interesting is the fact that the person who knows the tune, the tapper, he would have a very heightened uh, perception that he did a good job and that he uh, really represented the tune in the right way and that there is no chance that the other person wouldn't recognize the tune. While if you're just listening to that without having the context, there is uh, almost no chance that you will ever understand what the person is tapping mm -hmm. on the table. So this is what we call the curse of knowledge. And it's something that uh, we as marketers need to be aware of uh, and know that everywhere we're kind of burdened by this curse. So to get back to your question, my, the most important thing about setting goals for content would be to really try to over communicate uh, with the rest of the team. What's the reason uh, behind creating certain content? What's the reason behind a specific content marketing tactic that you plan to use and what this will bring to the company in a larger sense? What will be the impact of that? So let's take that same example. We were talking about engagement and um, you might set up um, metrics uh, related to, uh, let's say, uh, scroll depth on your blog posts or uh, likes and shares on social media or whatever. And in my head as a marketer and in, I would assume a lot of people who are listening to us right now, it's very obvious as to why this is an important metric. If you're looking at scroll depth on a page, you would know that people have actually not just come to, the, to a blog post, let's say, or whatever it is, uh, but they've actually gone through the content and consumed the information that's on that page. And that's obviously important, right? But to another person on the team, it won't be that apparent why would we need people to go through a whole page or to scroll through a full article and so on? And although this sounds like uh, a lot of additional communication burden that's put on marketers, I think it's really important uh, to, to give that understanding, especially in the case where that person who doesn't understand what's going on is actually a manager or 
a key business decision maker or the person who's managing your budget? It's interesting. I think from my own personal experience, sometimes our team and teams that we work with get confused because they tend to want one goal, right? They're kind of like, well, you can't, well, wait a minute. We have engagement goals. We have click-through goals. We have reach goals. We have visit goals. Really the framework that you have of the four editorial goals um, and the measurement for each of those is, is a challenge I think a lot of people have, right? And I think you do really, it's one of the things I really like about this is that you have, you know, your awareness building, your engagement, lead generation, and lead nurturing as your four editorial goals, then very plain language of what that looks like. And then the metrics and this, this notion that um, the metrics for each one of those, so for example, engagement, it's okay to have engagement rate and, and rank them on the different types of engagement rank by platform. And those are different goals than say lead nurturing, which you talk about as email flow statistics, open rates, click rates. And, and I think one thing that people get hung up on um, is that there can sometimes seem to be too many goals. And so I'd be curious to get your take on the fact that on your four editorial goals, you have different goals for each section which in total are probably 15 to 20 goals, but what advice do you have about how to kind of connect the dots there to the bigger picture business goal of what you're trying to do? Yes, I think that's a great question. So uh, first off, uh, I would consider the goals as, as four separate goals. So we have in, in the example I give in um, the, the demo content blueprint that I have on my website, uh, I'm talking about awareness building, engagement, lead generation, and lead nurturing. So those four. And I would have um, a few metrics under each one of those, but that's sort of the way we would measure how well are we doing in terms of awareness building, let's say. Uh, let's say this month compared to the last one. So I wouldn't necessarily put separate um, milestones that need to be reached for each one of them, say for your reach on Facebook and then a separate goal for your reach on LinkedIn or something like that. But I would try to, to think about all of these points as leading up to the same goal of awareness building. And if let's say this month I've paid more attention to improving my LinkedIn presence and for that reason, the Twitter numbers have stayed pretty much flat while we've seen improvement on LinkedIn specifically that that goes in your month over month planning or quarterly planning or whatever mm -hmm. that is. So you will still getting back to my previous point, you will still need to communicate that internally, but you will know at each moment, okay, when we're talking about awareness building our specific uh, measured goal for this month is uh, in this area over here. And um, what you mentioned, yes, I definitely think that you can have more than one goal that you're working on at the same time. What you need to keep in mind, though, is that uh, there will be um, a balance of sorts between them. So uh, let's say if you're trying to work on engagement and this is a higher priority for you at the moment, then your awareness uh, building or your social reach would stay pretty much flat because mm -hmm. you will be working more on not getting this new audience in, but on actually getting this current audience settled and uh, 
already engaging with with the content that you're providing them week over week or day after day so the way i would approach it generally would be that yes we have these separate editorial goals that uh, we're focusing on throughout the year but at each point we would know uh, specifically which one is a priority currently and how do we measure that great context so now that we've got our mission statement step one number two alignment of goals in check what's step three so the third step would be to actually explain how you're gonna achieve these goals so this already goes into the specific content marketing tactics which you'll be using and the way i sort of lay this out is on a channel per channel basis. So I would have here listed all the channels where the brand is present in. So let's say this is uh, obviously all the social media accounts, say Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or TikTok, or what have you. Uh, and then you would also have separate channels for, let's say, email marketing or uh, your blog, or if you're managing an online community somewhere, this can also be considered as a separate channel, although it would fall under, let's say, Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. So for each of these channels, uh, we would need to define a few specific things. So the first thing to define is what's the purpose behind this channel? Why are we even using that one? So this includes um, the subset of your target audience who is present there. So what are the target segments that are active or that you're trying to reach on, let's say, LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. And what are the benefits uh, that you're giving them or the things that you're trying to, uh, to gain out of that specific channel? So if I continue the example with LinkedIn, what I know out of my previous research for my own audience is that LinkedIn is uh, specifically very popular with tech founders and business owners, which are, as you might remember from the beginning of this conversation, are uh, two major groups that are mentioned even in my content mission statement. Mm -hmm. So if I say, okay, LinkedIn is the best place to engage these sub-segments, uh, then the second element there would be, okay, what am I trying to achieve there? So I will try to create uh, content that positions me as a thought leader. I will try to build trust by presenting different aspects of my day-to-day -day work life that are not uh, immediately apparent for someone who, let's say, visits my website for the first time. So mm -hmm. this gives us a better definition of why you you'll be spending so much time on this specific channel? What's in it for you as a brand? I think this is one of the most important points, especially for folks that are on the, the new to kind of, you know, advanced beginner part of the spectrum here. I know with our clients, it's the thing that we have to spend time, especially if you have limited resources. The notion that you need to be on all channels um, is, is I think one of the biggest mistakes people make. It's, it, and if you, if you only have finite resources and let's say you're a B2B business and the research shows that um, your audience is more receptive to LinkedIn and Twitter, um, there's no need to be on Facebook for just being on Facebook's 
fit, you know, for just to be on different social media platforms. And I know for those that are more sophisticated content marketers, you know, this, I, I, you still see a little bit of spreading people spreading themselves too thin and trying to be all things to all people. And that's what I really love about this channel plan. It forces you to articulate concisely the purpose and the goals and the type of content that you would be doing on each plan. And so I think it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you start putting this down on each platform, you also have to have the resources to execute on it. And it'll, it's a good guide to say, okay, we don't have enough people, right? Or I have one person and I can't possibly do all of these things. So help me prioritize those. And so I throw that out there as a, as a caveat, but that's what jumps out to me when you see the, when you actually see it in writing in a concise in one place as part of this one pager, again, we're still talking about a content marketing blueprint here that Vassie's put together. That's, that's one page. And I, I really felt this popped out to me as a huge benefit. No, I think Jay really hit the nail on the head with this one. Um, this is usually the moment where we dive into a deep discussion as to what purpose does each channel serve. Mm -hmm. And that's why this, this category of information, that's why I called it purpose. Because even yesterday, I had a conversation with a client. We've developed our strategy. We've done our preliminary research. We know what channels we want to target. And for this particular client, it's uh, LinkedIn and Twitter for very specific reasons. And we started creating content for these two channels, which is tailored for each channel specifically. And then we go into a discussion and they go like, uh, you know what, we actually have a pre-existing Facebook page. So is it possible to actually start sharing some of the content there as well? And you can obviously just say, okay, we can just post the same stuff we will post on LinkedIn on Facebook too. But first off, this is not going to drive any significant results whatsoever without the proper attention. And the more you continue posting on a particular channel, the more you dive into this uh, sunk cost uh, bias that you have and you go like, okay, well, if we're posting every day on Facebook anyway, can't we also do this and this and that? And then you start spending more and more resources and energy and brain power on a channel that ultimately doesn't really serve you. And that becomes very clear and very visible when you look at the blueprint once you have that filled out. And again, um, we have this blueprint linked to on teamworksmedia.com site and you can get it at um, Vassie's website, which we will link to as well. Uh, it's V-A-L-C-H-A-N-O-V-A.com. M E. Okay. So, okay. We've now got our mission statement. We've got everyone aligned on our goals. We've defined our channels and, and plan our channel plan for each platform that we're going to have our content on. And now we get into step four. What's that? Yes. So uh, before we, we uh, go sort of uh, deeper, one thing that I wanted to mention here was that um, as I, I said it earlier, but I want to stress on it as well too, when we're thinking about content channels, we also need to think about not just like social media accounts and stuff like that, but also email, blogs, video platforms, like whatever else really you have on your plate. Really important. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. So just uh, so that you have everything laid out clearly, uh, because what often happens is that we're going to 
sort of prepared this document and what we're going to see later would be like, oh, but we actually have this, let's say, minor newsletters we send to our vendors every quarter to present to them our like financial results or whatever it would be. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you need to put on your list and make sure that you're aware of what you're spending time and energy on. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we are sure that we have all of this listed out, uh, the next step is to just describe the specific aspects of content creation for each of these channels. We already have the channels listed out. We have a very particular idea as to what's the reason we're in each one. So uh, the way we go about it then is to define for each channel what would be the topics that we'll be covering in this channel, what's the ideal velocity as it is, so how often would you be posting on that channel and what types of content that would be, mm -hmm. and what are the different formats uh, that you're posting. And tied to that short editorial plan, you will also have the KPIs uh, that you're covering for each of those channels and also what are the usual uh, call to actions that you would use. So the ones that you would use most often, what's the ideal next step for a person being present on, let's say your LinkedIn uh, page or seeing a LinkedIn post from your brand in their newsfeed. What do you want them to do as a next step? Mm -hmm. So describing the key aspects of content creation as, as you just described is, is, is a critical step here. That's step four, what's next? Yeah. Um, oh, one thing that I, I want to say here is that uh, this is actually, this channel plan is um, inspired by what Content Marketing Institute did as a social media plan. So I just sort of expanded on it to uh, add all of the other channels on top of social media as well. So um, as uh, Newton said, I step on the shoulders of giants to <laughs> sort of prepare that one. And I want to be very good at shout outs. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, talking about content marketing giants, the next uh, part of the plan is um, going deeper into the topics and messages uh, you will be using. And this is applicable mostly to your long form content uh, like blog posts or uh, video content that's um, a longer form or whatever it might be. Uh, but it goes into each topic that you'll be covering and what's the core idea behind it and what are some examples of uh, such content. So the general idea of this topic plan is coming from another content marketing giant, which is uh, the content marketing agency Animals with a Z. Yeah, it's A-N-I-M-A-L-Z. Yes. Uh, so Animals uh, talk about something they call author theory. So this is basically the concept of, you know like how if you would watch a Wes Anderson film, you always know this is a movie made by Wes Anderson just mm -hmm. due to the quirky characters, the visual style, and so on and so forth. And that's actually a benefit. That's not like, you don't feel that uh, Wes Anderson is becoming repetitive. You actually enjoy this and appreciate the style and the, um, this um, 
sort of distinctive vibe you get off of a, a movie like that. So what we're trying to do is implement that same strategy to the topics that we'll be covering in our content. So we would define a few specific content focus areas uh, that we want to talk about uh, regularly and link them to a different core idea. So just to give you an example, um, one of the things that I've seen for a long time is that a lot of um, uh, younger marketing experts come to my website to see how uh, they can start excelling in their marketing career. So what I have uh, listed in the topic plan as one key focus area for my blog is a marketing career development. And the core idea behind that, is the, which is the thing that I try to present over and over again through different points of view, is that um, as digital knowledge workers, we need to constantly sharpen our soul and be mindful of ways to improve, be it uh, by gaining new marketing skills or by improving productivity and so on and so forth. And then what I will do is to sort of tie that co core idea to a few example pieces that would bring that to life. So for example, in the same case, um, what's the concept of a T-shaped marketing professional and how does one become a T-shaped marketing professional or what are the skills you need to quote-unquote future-proof your marketing career or what habits you need to build and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I think um, we're running up on time here, so I want to do this efficiently before I get to one last question. Two things. Number one, your Wes Anderson example I think is great because we, you know, we talk about brand identity and when you have multiple people working on a content marketing plan, how do you have that consistency? You know, like how do you create, and this is a tool to do that, to kind of create tone of voice and consistent persona. Um, and, and that's one of the things that really jumped out to me because it's a constant conversation that we have on behalf of our clients and even on things that we do in our own company. And so I think again, visually, this is an audio podcast. It's hard, to, my mind works kind of in Excel spreadsheet form, which is why I like this. Vassy has like on the left column, content focus, right? Like she just talked about marketing career development. Then it goes into persona, right? The young marketing expert. Then it goes into the core ideas, the next column. And she talked about kind of how she appeals to the digital knowledge worker. And then she has examples of the type of content, right? It flows very nicely. It's very, um, it, it keeps you very focused on how you're serving, you know, the first four things you've already established. Now this is, this is the nuance. This is the make or break in my mind. This is the, the, the content, making the content good in, good in a way that engages people, that, that checks the boxes on the four above and, and obviously harder said than done. But again, this, this five-step content marketing blueprint, I think I couldn't recommend it more. It, it jumped out at me because it's done in one page and it's something that you can share. And so I think, um, you know, in the last 60 seconds that we have together here, I'd be curious just to kind of get any advice you have on once you disseminate this and get the team, how do you make it not go in the drawer and be something that people use um, and on an ongoing basis? How does it get implemented well? So what I've done with teams that I would work with uh, on long-term projects is we would just like physically have this printed out and laminated and present on everyone's desks, all the people who are engaged with, with content creation uh, in one way or another. 
so this is to me this this is the most uh like the physical representation of it is also the most compelling one because you need to whenever you're moving like pieces of paper across your uh, desk there it is or, or the moment that uh you look at it uh while you're just glancing to the side while on a call there it is. And you get to see that day in and day out. And it serves as a reminder, even if you don't go into the details, it's like, oh yeah, so this is, this is the thing that I need to look at whenever I'm creating content. And I would also try to incorporate it in at least a few of our content teams, regular rituals. So be it uh, while we're preparing for a new month or a new quarter to just spend a couple of minutes and look into it and really see where we are, we are sort of straying away from what we have defined as our content mission statement or from one of the focus points for one of the channels we're working on. Or even if it's uh, at uh, a weekly all hands meeting to report against the KPIs that you have listed in your content blueprint and actually look at those KPIs uh, week over week to see where your content marketing efforts are uh, leading you. Vasi Voltanova on the content marketing blueprint. We can't thank you enough for taking the time with us. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks for the invite. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.